Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Get Real podcast, where we're going to get get real about actually real estate today, but we do real estate, we do business, we do life, and and we speak real about it. You can find us at GetRealEstateSuccess.com. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share us with all of your friends, all that good stuff. With me today is Heather Marchant. Welcome, Heather. Hello. Thank she's, you. Um, she's been on the team for... We just figured the, the, the numbers out. It's 13 yeah. years. 13 years. Unbelievable. Yeah. She knows so much. and she uh, So she's a powerhouse as far as the team. Because anybody who's listening to this has done any business with our company knows knows Heather. And so we're going to talk about real estate today. Heather, are you super pumped about this? I am super pumped because I you've like helped me be passionate about this over the last 13 years pretty quick. So... So it. we're going to talk about something every every now and again. Uh, I used to do this thing called Ron Rants. And Heather, well, I think I think a lot of people like Occasionally, I get pissed off. You guys that, who are who are listening already know this because I probably did that last week. But <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to do it again today. Now, I'm not I'm not so fired up today, Heather. But this is really important. We're going to talk about today because this is like a I mean, people are passionate one way or the other on this topic, you know. And sure. what fueled this was a discussion on a friend of mine's Facebook page, crazy enough, where they were talking about mortgages and whether you should get a 15-year mortgage, a 20-year mortgage, a 30-year mortgage. And there, well, there's no way we could talk about all the different kinds of mortgages because, Heather, there's like... A lot. I mean, yeah. I mean... It's just the be, more mainstream, yeah. Yeah. So let's... So because of that Facebook post, and there were some, you know, there were some really pointed discussion on, on this on this Facebook post about this. Let's talk about let's just try to talk through the difference in these and interrupt me if I miss some stuff, okay. Heather. But you know, you spend a lot of time talking to and coaching our clients about this stuff and they ask about it. You know, people tell me yeah. I should get a 20 year mortgage or they tell me I should get a 15 year mortgage because I want to pay this thing off really fast. And yeah, I have clients that tell me I don't I don't like debt. Like it makes me feel nervous or you know, anxious that I have more, I'm taking on more debt in purchasing rental property. So yeah, interestingly enough, one of the people on there said, uh, no, no loan. What are you talking about? Pay cash. Yeah. 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 There's nothing wrong with that. Um, absolutely nothing wrong with paying cash, but a lot of people can't do that right now. And some people like me, uh, just don't want to do that because I can buy more properties if I leverage them, right? And and it works better for return on investment, everything else. Okay, so we've kind of flogged that horse before. <clears throat> Let's talk about the difference between these uh, these loans. And I know you've got some examples and I've, I've, I just want to share something that's super simple so that everybody can understand this. And I'm just going to, this is going to be a little harder for people to follow. So if I go too fast, Heather, just interrupt me and say, yeah, but you forgot yeah. about this piece, whatever. So we're going to keep this exactly the same. $100,000 property, putting 20% down. So it's a single family home, super simple, right? Not going to go into all the cash flow numbers or anything like that. We're just going to talk about loans, period. Okay. So if I get a 20-year mortgage on, a, on an $80,000, now, if you, put, if you do a 20-year mortgage, you're going to get a better interest rate. And 
I didn't check with our lender today, but Heather, you're really involved in in our rates because you're constantly doing this all the time. I chose yeah. four and a quarter. Is that a pretty pretty accurate yeah. rate for a twenty year? Okay, that'd be pretty accurate. And right now, a thirty years running what? Closer to five. Yeah, so like four point eight seven five to five somewhere in there. Now, obviously, yeah. this stuff depends on the day, guys. But what are the other things, Heather? I mean, we between a twenty year and a thirty year mortgage, the down payment doesn't change, right? Mm-hmm. It's still twenty percent. Your interest rates are a little different, but so is the the term is going to be a little different. So you have the the fixed portion on a thirty year loan is going to be fixed for thirty years, and sometimes yeah. you can have loans that have a shorter term fixed. If we're talking about a 20-year fixed, then you're paying off the loan over 20 years versus 30. Yeah. So in the example on the on the, on my buddy's Facebook post, it was a 10-year term, right? So in 10 years, you're going to have a balloon. And some people were asking about that. We'll get into that a little bit later about what, what happens after 10 years. You know, does the rate adjust? You know, and there's three, five, seven, 10-year terms. That's pretty generally what banks will do, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not completely apples to apples here because the 20-year mortgage that we're talking about legitimately probably isn't a 20-year term. It's probably yeah. max a 10-year term, you know, yeah. where the other one is legitimately it's fixed for 30 years. Yeah. So just in the payment amount, there's not a ton of difference, okay? So a the payment on the 20-year would be like 495 and the payment on the 30-year would be 422. Okay, so we're yeah. roughly just a little over 70 bucks difference on these two yeah. loans. So it's not really a it's not a crazy amount. But in a return on investment that can be several percentage points, yeah. right? Of return. Especially on a single family, yeah. Yeah, depending on what you're getting in in rent. So mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different things that we need to talk through and I, I don't want to get this completely jumbled up and and really confuse everybody, but to maximize return on investment on a monthly basis or on an annual basis, you would you would go for the 30-year loan. So, All day long. And, and you read through this post. I mean, there were yeah. people on there like, yeah, but you're paying way more interest. And that's true. If you, if you actually carry this thing out 30 years, you're going to pay a ton more interest than you would on a 20-year loan. Yeah. Fair? That's absolutely true. Then somebody else chimes in and says, yeah, but you're not really paying it. Your, your tenant's paying it. And... Well, that's a fair point too, right? But your your tenant's paying it on the twenty year, so I don't yeah. know that that's a I don't know that that's a fair I don't think that's fair because the tenant's paying it on both, right? So you're either going to yeah. pay more interest or you're going to pay less interest. Period. Yeah. Now we we preach um, we preach cash flow, and there's a few reasons for that, Heather. But what are some of the really important reasons why we want to maximize cash flow on a on a monthly and on an annual basis? Oh, I have a lot to say about that. So, oh, man. <laughs> well, you have number one, you want to have cushion in case you have maintenance or unexpected issues with the property, right? Vacancies, you're reducing your cash flow means that you're not going to have as much in reserve to cover those expenses. You're dumping that into the equity in the house, basically, and not able to recoup that directly. That would be my, my first answer. <laughs> um, and that's a really but, important um, one I think people overlook. Right, you know, they're like, well, the property's the property's gonna cash flow anyway, you know, a, a you know a few bucks on a twenty year. So what difference does it make? Well, it makes a big difference if your HVAC goes out. Yep. You know, and then somebody's gonna say, well, yeah, but if you're buying a rehab property, then that stuff's not gonna go wrong. And if you get a home warranty, then you're probably okay. Well, yeah, on on most everything you are, but 
you know, if you have a vacancy last couple months, you're done. Like there's no more cash flow for that year. Uh, yes. Right. And yeah. you're dipping into your own pockets and you have the money tied up in, you know, the the balance on the mortgage basically that you you can't really access in case of an emergency. But you that's just one of the more conservative approaches too. You also have money that is not invested in anything. It's not really giving you much yield. And so if you are putting more money into the mortgage every month, then you can't invest that and get that to give you a rate of return as well. It's, it's certainly a lot harder to get it back out of there. We talk about that, right? When we talk about return on equity, because if you've got a ton of equity sitting in the property and it's not doing anything and your largest asset is sitting in these properties, then you're not effectively utilizing that money to make you more money. Yes. Right. There's nothing wrong with having 10 or 20 or 30 paid off houses. That's not what we're saying. But if you're in growth mode and you're trying to grow as much as you can, you've got to have all of your, your money needs to be working. It can't be just sitting there dead. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it's doing when you're putting it into the property. But I think one of the other really fair points here uh, on this that maybe kind of got glossed over and what both of us just said is that if you put the money, if it's a 20-year mortgage, your, lo- your payment's locked in. It's not like you can just say, ah, well, yeah. this month, I don't want to pay the extra 70. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just need to reduce that down. So let's say we go through a, another downturn in our economy and your job goes away all of a sudden and then your tenant moves out and you have to do a tenant, you have to do a turn your property and you no longer have the the extra money to make that happen. That it's it's really cool when the when the market is good and when the economy's good and everything's great. It sounds like such a great plan to go with a 20-year mortgage until it isn't a great plan anymore. Yeah. Right? And we're not maximizing the cash flow. It it can turn into a really sticky situation. Well, and then the other thing too, is if you have a downturn in the economy and you want to pull the cash out of the property, last time in the last economic downturn, lending was really tough. You couldn't get a loan. You couldn't maybe even refinance a property as well. So in in dire straits, maybe you'd say, oh, I'll just take the equity, but that may not be accessible at that point. In the last downturn, my husband was in grad school and we couldn't qualify. We had the cash to buy a house and we wanted to buy a house and we we wouldn't we couldn't qualify. So even though and we there were a lot jobs. of people, there were yeah. a lot of people with home equity lines of credit that got shut down. I mean, yep. just overnight money's gone. Can't have access to it anymore. I mean, the the lint you're that's a really good point. Um, because when when you're in crisis, the last thing you want is to have to go begging to the bank to to you know readjust your mortgage because you mm-hmm. made a really stupid decision up front because you thought everything was gonna be rosy on your property forever and in the economy. So let's mm-hmm. let's let's keep in mind that even if you got a decent cash flow on a 20-year mortgage, there may be a time in your life where you kind of need that thing to take care of itself mm-hmm. and maybe even provide a little bit, right? So, and here's the other thing that I was thinking about, like what stops me if I have a 30-year mortgage from just making extra payments? And what's the net difference between me getting a 30-year mortgage making extra payments? Yeah, I, I use I go online and use mortgagecalculator.org all the time to look at that, right? How uh, fast funny can you... you say that because I actually did do this, right? Uh, <laughs> feeling a little prepared for the conversation today. I went and did this. So we have these two payments, right? We were about 70 bucks off. So I thought, well, let's just see what the net difference is. And let's see what the downside is to getting a 30-year loan. Because most investors I know, Heather, they don't actually keep the properties for 30 years. 
no, I don't know any. Of yeah, ours, I mean, almost everybody yeah. is selling or cash out refinancing or doing something that alters mm -hmm. their loan, right? But I kind of agree with Warren Buffett when he said, you know, this is in effect a way to short the dollar. When you can yeah. lock in money at, you know, somewhere between four and a half and 5%, I mean, when the rates go up, because they inevitably they will. They Somebody will. on the post yeah. was like, yeah, rates are going to be fine. You know, historically, yeah. rates aren't really that high. And we really don't have a problem with in inflation. Well, everybody thought that too until the 80s. And then yeah. interest rates went up to, at their peak, they were at 18%. So, you know, the person who has their, their property locked in for 10 years, I hope you've paid a, a, a ton down. Yeah. Reality is, according to the uh, amortization schedule, you've paid roughly $30,000 down. You still owe 50 grand on that property. And so you've got to refinance or sell or do something. And, you know, you don't know what the market's going to be. You don't know what the interest rates are going to be. No one has any idea 10 years yeah. from now what things are going to be. So if you can lock it in for 30 years and <clears throat> during the last downturn too, Heather, what happened to rental rates? Yeah, rental rates went up. They went up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, people, so let me get people to my... like me couldn't buy, right? Yeah, so that's right. <laughs> so we take this exact same property, we put it on a 30-year mortgage. The interest rate is higher, right? So I mean this is counterintuitive, but you're gonna pay more interest, you're gonna pay it for longer, which means you're gonna pay more interest. But if I just pop in there that extra 70 bucks difference between the 20 year and the 30 year, I get this thing's paid off completely in 22 years. Yeah. It's a there's, no brainer. There's literally almost no difference here. Yeah. And interestingly enough, in the, in the 22nd year, I'm only paying off $621. So really it gets paid off in 21 years, just over 21 years. And you have um, the flexibility, you know, that flexibility you don't have with the 20 year, you have to make your mortgage payment. <laughs> you could pay extra on a 30. So it's so, so important. You know, and look, if you're, if you're, if you're hell bent on paying your property off, but you want the flexibility of, of having access to the money as you're paying it down, there are other creative loan options that you can use. I mean, there are these home equity line of credit. That's a first, I don't know if you've heard of these, Heather, but it's a first mm -hmm. mortgage. It's a home equity line of credit and you use it basically as a bank oh, account. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like all in I mean, one. Now the interest rate on that you pay is even higher than the, mm -hmm. than the one that I just quoted you. Yeah. But the reality is that you, if you're, <laughs> if you're using it as a, as a bank and you're dumping money into it and paying the principal down every single month, the numbers work out in your favor, right? So there's, yeah. there's several different options that you can do here. And if you really just want to pay your house off, but you don't want to completely isolate yourself from your money and your cash flow, maybe I'm missing something, Heather, but yeah. I can't see why anyone would not do a 30 year loan. Yeah, I think sometimes when people look at the 20, they're not looking at the full picture of why the 30 makes more sense. The, all the reasons we talked about. And the all-in-one mortgage is pretty pretty cool. It's expensive up front. I actually just barely ran numbers on my own primary residence for it. And just doing nothing different, just keeping my income and expenses coming out of the mortgage instead of out of my checking account, my house will be paid off in, I think it was two or three years. That's so. that's psychotic. <laughs> I know. 
it's, and maybe we should have maybe we should do uh, listen if you guys are interested in in hearing more about that loan pro- program maybe i can, yeah, maybe I can get somebody to come on and, and actually talk about it because it, it is really powerful now you have to be with that particular one not to completely jump the shark here but in order to, to make that one work you have to be like heather right not like ron you have to be like heather in that you got to have your crap all dialed in and you have to work off of a budget and you have to have X amount left over every month so that you're paying down constantly, right? Mm. You can't be like, oh, hell, I've got $50,000 I paid down. Let's go to Europe. Uh, <laughs> like, like Ron. Like you, can, Ron. You, can't, you can't do that. This is a bad, <laughs> bad loan product for people who have a, a really hard time uh, managing their funds. <laughs> So my wife and I, I don't know that I've actually ever said this on the show or not, but Heather knows this. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I are both spenders. Now she's way better than me, but, but we're both spenders. Do you mean Two a better spenders. spender? Like she's better at spending? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, on certain things, there's no question, but she's actually better at not spending than I am, but we're both spenders. So we're spender spender where you're supposed to be spender saver and, <laughs> That, that really is not a good combination unless you make a lot of money, which thank God I do. So <laughs> we do okay. But man, we, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but spender spender can talk each other into getting nearly anything. <laughs> I've seen that with you guys. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. It's, it's a sickness. <laughs> uh, it really is. Well, we're safer savers. So our problem is people telling us that we need to spend money. We're like, oh yeah, that's true. We should, we should that's do that. True. You should enjoy should lighten up should a little enjoy bit. some of the money. <laughs> So let's talk through one more thing that was on that thread, and that was fees. And I think the real problem, the reason that this came up was because the broker that had given the client this, this loan, I mean, they really charged him a lot of money. I think that was the main problem. If you actually want to boil it all down, they were like, why would you pay all of these fees when a, when a local bank will give you a loan and you don't have hardly any fees? Let's talk about the difference between a bank and a broker real quick, Heather, and kind of the difference in fees that we've seen over the years, because it can be astronomical, the difference. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our the lender we work with um, is a Fannie Freddie lender. So he's going to sell the note after, but he, the, the rates and terms and stuff are pretty, pretty tight. I mean, you can't really have a lot of leeway and he has a very low um, lender fee that he charges. And so very, very few times does it make sense for our clients to pay origination because his rates are already really competitive. So in the end, closing costs on a single family home are mostly, I would say 50% of the cost is usually your escrows, your taxes and your insurance, and maybe, you know, some of your title fees in there too. It's not the lender fee. That's most of it. So a single family home. Yeah, no, go ahead. That that's that doesn't hold true for everybody in this particular yeah. case. So one of the comments that I made on this thread was, but you're just using the wrong you're just using the wrong person. Yeah. Period. End yeah. of story. All right. If they're charging you two, two and a half points on your on your origination fee, plus a whole bunch of other junk fees to close a loan, you're just getting bent over. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to 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 put it. You're that that you're just getting screwed. And that was the point of this. He's he's going, man, because my local bank. They'll give you a 20-year loan and the interest rate's going to be less and the fees are going to be less. But there's a difference. The lender that we use, Heather, he is he is at a bank. Yeah. Right? But he's at a bank that also does business with Fannie Mae, right? So they can sell these loans, these 30-year loans off to Fannie Mae. Exactly. But he gets to charge bank rates and he gets 
they get better rates anyway because they do more volume. Um, just their par rates are better. And then they don't have to charge the same amount of money as a broker does. Yeah. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. So, I mean, if, if you were, if you were going to tell your clients or anybody listening, I mean, what do we need to do? We just need to go through. Yeah. Go through a a bank. You can use a local bank sometimes um, depending on the deal, but we use one lender that's nationwide so that you can purchase across the country and not get pre-approved over and over again. Our, our focus with our clients is mostly growing a portfolio over time. So working with one lender is super convenient where our clients are professionals and have a job and this isn't their full-time gigs. So the 30-year fixed is perfect for rental properties. It's like almost like it was made for it. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it just... Guys, so main, main thrust of this is a few things, right? You need to choose a bank, not a broker. And if you are choosing a broker, just make sure you're not getting screwed on fees. Okay. Yeah. And just, you know, shop it a little bit. When you do that, though, if you don't know, there's a massive difference between a regular loan, retail loan that you're buying for yourself and investment property. They're completely different animals, right? So, you know, don't go tell your mortgage broker that you can get a rate under four on an investment property because you can't, you, you yeah. cannot do that. So don't, don't lie to him. He, he, everybody already knows you can't, okay? <laughs> Interest rates are pretty much what right now, what Heather and I said they were. So go to a bank or go to a broker that charges reasonable fees and a reasonable fee is, is what, 1% or less? Yeah. Heather? Yeah. And then, man, get a 30-year loan because if you want to pay it off, you can pay it off. But if life throws you a curveball, you can, you know, you, then you get the choice of paying the extra 70. Exactly. Choice is always better. And having the cash and flexibility, I was um, telling Ron, I have a client, it's a husband and wife, Jerry and Sharon. They listen to this podcast religiously. Well, hey. so I'll- I'll, I'll get a text message from them when they listen to this. But I spoke with them yesterday. A lease came in lower than our pro forma. And when that happens, we require the seller to make a concession of some kind. It's not always the same every time. So we negotiate. So the lease was fairly low. And so they they said, look, we have wiggle room of $14,000, Heather. You tell us what you know what's going to work for the client. So when I initially talked with the client via email and presented the options, they said, lower the price. So I got on the phone yesterday and I said, look, if we, if we look at the math, we can lower the price a couple thousand dollars and you can pocket $11,000 in different incentives. So with those conventional loans, you are limited to 2% of the purchase price as incentives. So I knew that. So we capped that out at 2%. And then I said, okay, let's prepay property management for two years the, in that situation, they have, they know they're part of the business is the property management company. So that's flexible for them. And then they also were willing to pay the difference in the lease for two years as well. So all of those incentives combined were $11,000. And I said, let's not lower the purchase price because you're leveraging. This is only, you're only saving 20% upfront of whatever price reduction we have. This way, you have $11,000 in your pocket. And it's kind of the same concept we've been talking about is having the money in your pocket and the flexibility that that offers versus taking it in the mortgage and that being your only, your only savings. So in the end, she said, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so did her husband. And we said, okay, well, let's get an add- some addendums together. And so they are only lowering the price 3000 instead of the $14,000. Yeah, and, and makes, all the rest of that yeah. money goes to them in the yeah. form of in the form of cash flow or cash in your pocket or or reduced amount of money that you have to bring to closing 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly. Congratulations what, to you two for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, and the, along with the mortgage part, though, I guess I didn't explain this piece. So it saves them $46 a month to lower the purchase price by that $14,000. And if we do the math, it would take them almost just shy of 20 years to be able to save that $11,000 to get it back. So it, it means that, you know, they, they got it all up front instead of over a period of 20 years. And, and in addition to that, I think on this deal, you told me earlier that they just kind of screwed the lease up. It's not even that the yeah. lease rate should be there, right? So they're, so they're going to get a bump in rent on top yes. of all of this stuff yep. because they, they screwed the lease up. So, I mean, really, really cool. Congratulations to you two. It's a, you know, sometimes it's really frustrating when things don't go exactly like they should, which... Almost always happens in real estate <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Yeah. It's a complicated business, but sometimes it can work out in your favor when things get a little bit messed up and a little bit messy. Yeah. So that's so that's really good. Totally. Um, so Appraisal's man, when you, get, when you guys are out there looking for for loans, just make sure that you understand all the ramifications and and don't just take one person's word for it. Right, that you should do something because I think this guy in his post when he, he was really frustrated, mostly about all the fees these people were paying. Yeah, but it 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 altered and said, "Hey, look, you should just use this local bank." And and on, we we use that local bank. They're really a really really good bank to work with. Mm-hmm. But we usually use them for weird situations <laughs> and crazy loan products and stuff like yeah. that 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 normal people can't get or that normal properties can't get or something like that. Where a tra- you cannot beat a Fannie Mae loan. No. You just cannot beat that thing right now. And so why why try? Exactly. Uh, there's no point. Just, exactly. just, man. And then be really careful about how much money you, you, you pay down, right? Just be careful about it because you never know when you need that money in your pocket, right? And I, and I hope this was helpful. So if this was helpful, and if you guys want to learn a little bit more about the all-in-one uh, mortgage product, just, you know, shoot us a message, make a comment. Everybody should like this anyway, right? Because that's the, that's, that's the nice thing to do. Yeah, we're so likable. Yeah. And then share it with everybody. Um, it was Heather's first time on the show, right? Nice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll bring her back. We'll, we'll do some more shows with her. She's got a wealth of knowledge, especially about what just goes on in the day-to-day of helping all of these thousands of clients that we help to, to acquire rental properties all over the country and the management and all the things that goes along with it. The good, the bad, the ugly. All day. Love it. Heather can seriously help <laughs> us get real on this show. So... <laughs> Uh, we're excited to have you here. Excited for all of you guys to listen. Go look us up, getrealestatesuccess.com. Subscribe to the podcast. You can find our main company at rpcinvest.com. You can look that up as well. There's some really cool education over there as well. And we just, we're really grateful that you guys are listening. So don't keep us a secret. Thanks everybody. Till next time. Thanks. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.